And all right, cool. Hello, hello, hello. This is another episode of the Mental Threads Podcast. Oh my God, I forgot what number we're at. I think we're at 84. Yeah, this might be 84. I am here with a very special guest from California, Nisha. Thank you so much for having me. Oh yeah, I probably should have said that. Do you want to say something? I mean, it's fine. It's fine. It's just usually they bounce back and forth when it comes to that. Uh, Yes, thank you for being on and whatnot. I I know you had uh, some interest in hopping on the Mental Threads podcast. Uh, What what drew you to be a guest uh, for this podcast today? You know, I've actually really been into podcasts lately. And um, it's funny because I used to not enjoy them as much, but now I found a way to actually really like them as I do chores or whatever I listen to them so um, when I saw that you posted I was like oh my god no way I have to check this out and I do enjoy your content so I was like okay let me let me get on this okay nice 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 that's good. I just try to work very very hard like you know once I have like a certain goal set forth like I always be trying to hit it as best I can and I, I think your episode 84 so it's just like um you know it's just I'm trying to reach 150 and everything so everyone that can just kind of hop on I really 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 do appreciate it um because I've been really seeking to get a lot more uh females as like guests on my podcast and everything because I just feel like you know it's like it's just ain't nothing wrong with having dudes on your podcast but I just want to get as many different types of perspectives uh as I can um and stuff of that nature so like I'm really really glad that you're hopping on yeah me too and I You know, I respect that. I love that you are seeking multiple perspectives and I'm excited to, you know, have our chat today. Oh, nice, nice, nice. All right, cool. As you know, uh, we met off uh, Instagram and everything. We were following each other for like how long? Like a couple months now, I think? No, it's, I, it's gotta, I was thinking about this today. It's gotta be more than a year. Gotta be more than a year. It's been a while, actually. Yeah. Kind of responding to each other back, seeing each other's stories and stuff of that nature and whatnot. What what really got us connected off social media? Did I follow you or did you follow me first? I I don't remember, but it probably had something to do with us having a lot of mutuals because um, I follow and have been friends with for a little while now um, some other North Carolina artists. So like Dante, Jody. Caulfield, everybody. So um, I think we probably just popped up on each other's mutuals and also gave, you know, a follow, which was nice. <laughs> it's crazy because me and Dante actually live in the same city, but you were able to make time to actually get on my podcast before it did. <laughs> But his schedule is so booked and everything. It's hard to really get him on. So it's like, hopefully, maybe either the next episode or the next couple episodes. I don't know. We'll just have to see how many, how much I get done this month and stuff of that nature. I really hope he can hop on, though, for real. Um, I hope so, too. Yeah, he's a great artist and just a great person um, that I've got, gotten the chance, the pleasure to know. So I'm, I'm excited for that episode when you interview him. <laughs> Oh, yeah, surely, uh, and everything. I'm like, how did you pretty much meet? You meet pretty much the same way on, like, through social media, correct? Basically. I mean, I feel like at this point, everyone is a mutual at mm-hmm. some point. <laughs> and so that's how we met. Um, I think he's, I think he follows some other North Carolina artists that I follow too. But yeah, his, his music is so cool. And I really appreciated it. I actually have been... Um, bumping his latest for a while now so (laughs) it's kind of it's one of my favorite albums for sure the table for table for one Oh, yeah. No, I definitely need to check out that project for sure. Because that came out uh, February 22nd, 2022, correct? 
Yes, yes. That's great. He picked the best day. That's, we're not going to see that date for a while. That that could yeah. be it. Could be a whole lot of spirituality that goes within that too. Actually, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. So I I applaud him for choosing that date because wow, <laughs> what a good choice. Yeah, and actually getting all the work done because actually to record a project it actually takes a while. Like you have to yeah. get like pick out the beats and everything. What I like to do is like, I want to get into the habit of actually writing at least like maybe like a little bit of an essay, um, maybe for my next couple projects to kind of get a picture of like where, where what the focus is or what, uh, what uh, points I'm trying to hit on it. And also like basically, uh, you know, just you know, speaking on the atmosphere of said project, um, but also like writing it out, trying to budget, like going to the studio and everything and how frequently you do that within a month and making time to get on like it's a huge process actually you know so that's why it's like I can't help but like support other artists that's why I love doing this whole podcast thing and if you were to check other episodes too it's just like you know like really talking to them and like picking out their brain and like what they do and what really drives them and everything it's just it's just like it's all just a joy basically to me yeah a hundred percent and I really appreciate the fact that you're gonna write an essay to really like get your thoughts together and have a really focused approach to it because I love conceptual projects so much that have like a story to them and I feel like a lot of the greats really do this and so I am so excited because you have like a storyline to follow and that's just beautiful and of course planning is always important so you know I feel like music can be made in any way whether you go with the flow and just kind of randomly hop in or if you plan it all out like I'm kind of I used to be more of the latter where I would just like plan every little thing every little detail and I loved it and I still love doing that yeah man I mean it just helps like pretty much it's because like when you're setting up goals and everything because I know I spoke to you about this about like you know like setting up goals like for like my podcast and like whatever how many episodes I'm trying to hit uh, and stuff like that but it's just like you know goals are such a crucial part of like really like like really realizing like your your visions and everything and your dreams all way too because you have to actually set up a plan to actually make it happen also you know it's like that's just that's just part of the whole manifestation process that I believe in you know half of its work the other half is actually visualizing it so it's like you know like goal setting in between is like that in between bridge to actually making that uh, all that uh, stuff happen and stuff of that nature. Um, it seems like you have a huge, I don't want to say huge interest, but it seems you have like a considerable interest in a lot of like uh, independent artists that are uh, spewing out here in North Carolina. Do you care? Do you have, think you have a reason why? Do you think it's just fate? I don't know what it is, but I was, I was thinking about this the other day and I was like, what is it about this you know state what is it about North Carolina that just produces so many talented artists and like I, I don't know what it is but there's just something there's a way that you guys know how to capture someone's heart through music no matter what you're talking about and that's a beautiful thing and honestly every artist that I've listened to from North Carolina has captured me in a way that just you know you guys you guys have a truth and you speak it with a lot of conviction and your music, your art, it's just beautiful, you know? And it's, it's just so gorgeous to hear that. And it must be something having to do with the life, the lifestyle there, the way you guys treat each other. Because, you know, every area in the U.S. is so different. Like, you go from one place in California, for instance, to another, and the vibe is 100% different. So, you know, it's really, really interesting when you have a lot of artists from a concentrated area 
and you really like all of their music and it just feels like it's not like it's so similar but it's just all captivating for some reason I can't even I can't even think about what it really truly is <laughs> that is so cool like because like like coming from someone that lives in like California because like when you think about California and everything you think about like that's all the celebrities live that's sort of like all the artists are from like, you know, the nineties West coast hip hop and all the other like greats and everything. I come from California and stuff. So I wouldn't even think like uh, someone like, like, you know, just, you know, someone who happens to live in said state California that might be all around stuff like that would even be captivated uh, by our, by my home state in North Carolina. I guess maybe it's just me or something like that. I don't really stay. I'm seeing it as dull. Or whatever but it's like uh yeah i mean i know that there's a independent culture that's slowly growing and growing and nourishing over time i have the feeling that then the 2020s i feel like that's the time where a lot of us are really going to realize our true potential and actually put north carolina on the map i know uh, uh j cole and uh the baby um have pretty much done like a pretty good job of really setting that up uh, so far within the modern era but I feel like there needs to be like a more of a movement so to speak and I feel like that movement is coming closer and closer and I feel like a lot of us are really trying to like you know really uh dwell into like our art and try to put it out there as best as possible like I dropped my project um my first project it was 12 tracks called ego trip back in april and i still have plans to really go back into the studio and drop more music but it's really just going to be a process um and stuff of that nature but it's like you know it's just my goal is to hit 50 songs i don't know how i'm going to do it but i still feel like i can because i can't help but hear all the beats and everything i've saved and all the you know all the concepts i have like in my mind how i want the project to come out so it's just it's really just a matter of just making it happen um and stuff of that nature but that's cool that like, that's how you see it like from in uh, north carolina and stuff of that nature yeah totally and i'm excited for all your work because you know 50 songs is so much work and you're going to be putting your heart and soul into it so i can't wait to hear the story that you're coming up with Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that, Miss Nisha. Uh, but let's, let's speak more about uh, your music and everything that you've produced. I know that a lot of your influences uh, might coincide with uh, The Weeknd, um, if I'm correct, uh, right? Yes, yes. I love The Weeknd. Um, I love Drake. You know what's funny is um, a few years ago, I all I listened to was <laughs> N.W.A., and maybe you wouldn't expect that from me because I, I prefer more pop or that's what I come off as, I guess, is like I like a lot of more of the popular artists who are, you know, more mild in that way. But the gangster rap scene is it's just it's hard not to admire it because I really appreciate how real they were with their lyrics. And that taught me that I can be real and explicit in my lyrics and by explicit I mean just telling it how it is rather than going too poetic I guess and still make it sound amazing and they would literally in their songs I mean they're so raw they're so real they're you know they're just interesting and fun to listen to and I feel like you really get a a deep deep dive into this person's mind and so you know, along with Drake, along with The Weeknd, who these are artists who are quite vulnerable with their emotions and their music, at least, and in the way that they're not even afraid to express the more negative or toxic emotions. I also can't go without saying that, you know, a lot of gangster rap has 
really inspired me in that way that I should just speak my truth and I should just say things how they are, whether I drop the song or not, because it's very therapeutic to get your true feelings out on paper in general. So whether you drop it or not, um, it's important to do to be real with yourself and acknowledge whatever you feel. So artists who, you know, don't have a problem with that, who don't shy from being their authentic self, regardless of what people say, those are the type of artists that I gravitate towards because it's funny, the more local you get, the more specific you get, the more people actually can relate to you, you know? And that's just a beautiful thing in itself. And these artists have changed my life in a lot of, in a lot of different ways and, and changed my mindset too. That is so cool that like <laughs> that uh, you actually even brought out uh, NWA because I, I know they would refer to themselves as, you know, niggas with attitude. But honestly, I feel like the A stands for authenticity. Like you say, like yeah. they're so real with like their direction and their art and stuff of that nature and everything. And Ice Cube is like one of my main influences, like from the group, although I was kind of drawn in by Dr. Dre and Easy E. But when I look mm-hmm. at what everybody brought to the table, Ice Cube was like a very good like writer and stuff of that nature and that trans- translated into like him writing screenplays for Friday and Players Club and uh, stuff of that nature. So I think that's that's really, really cool that he did that. I feel like, you know, I relate to him because I want to get into like the whole writing uh, thing, like writing my own movies and stuff of that nature too down the line. I actually have some ideas for some movies um, that I would like to put produce in the future one day. Um, but it's like, you know, yeah, and WA, that's, that's actually, that's really cool, cool that you actually gravitated them. I mean, they pretty much started out in California, so it wouldn't be, it's not really like, you know, like surprising on that end, but it's like, you know, like to go from The weekend and Drake, um, to actually like really reinvesting into uh, NWA. Do you mind me asking who uh, who is who might be like your favorite out of NWA? Like personally, if I were to ask you. Oh my gosh, this is so hard because they all have just really good personalities too. Like from what I've seen from interviews, and of course, straight out of Compton, really made you love these um, artists and the characters that they you know were portrayed as because you know it is like based off of what one person is saying or two people (laughs) but I really really liked um and do still like Ice Cube he's hilarious and he's just so real he's just so real with his experiences with his beliefs and I really like people who have their own belief system and don't care too much about what other people say have to say about it because you know I think all of us inside can learn from from that and also just like for me for me as well because I feel like I'm I'm a sensitive person and so it's hard sometimes not to take someone's disagreement as an attack but you know this guy he just he takes everything with so much stride and of course he's amazingly talented but his personality was what really captured me too is like I feel like I can relate to him but also I feel like this is he would be an amazing mentor an amazing coach and you know, just all around good, genuine guy. And so he was my favorite, but you know, I do really like all of them. It's hard not to. 
Oh, no, no, no. I feel that because, like, you know, I feel like the most underrated one is MC Ren for sure. I feel like he did drop a whole a lot of cool lines that people don't really like to hold up there and everything. I see him as like the sixth man of the group. Like, he just kind of like, he's just kind of like, he's not like up in the forefront, but it's like, you know, he's still very, very important and stuff of that very. nature. Um, Dr. Dre, obviously, for, for providing like the beats and basically finding a foundation for a lot of other uh, careers, um, like in Kendrick Lamar, uh, Eminem. And uh, the list goes on, um, really, because it's like, you know, Dr. A is like an essential part of hip hop now. Um, really just, you know, he just, he is part of hip hop. That's just him. And Easy pretty much being a legend, um, really just like pretty much putting out the whole gangster rap uh, persona out there and basically finding Bone Thugs and Harmony and uh, stuff mm -hmm. of that nature. It really just goes down. Like they're, they're so iconic and they're so essential to hip hop as a whole that it's like, you know, they're, they're basically like forefathers to an extent. So it's just like, you know, it's like. It's 100%. Kind of, yeah, it's totally. So it's so dope they even bring up like nwa and stuff of that nature but if we had to go deeper into like other things like the weekend and uh drake and everything and their influences on uh your style and whatnot uh, we can start with drake oh uh, well, what do you how, how do you feel uh, about drake and like what he's pretty much brought to the table in hip-hop and how that influences you i really really adore and love everything about his music um he captured my heart this first time I, I remember I was in seventh grade when I first heard best I ever had it was like new music Friday and it's like <laughs> and it was on I think wild 94.9 that's one of our bay area um hip-hop stations I mean it's kind of turned more into like pop music but like at that time it was more gravitating towards hip-hop but like it was like Friday new music and like that played and I was like oh my god I'm in love with not only his voice, but his lyrics. Like he just has a very romantic way of telling stories. That's, that's just so beautiful. And you know, what's sad is like toxicity or like toxic. And what's funny is like some people on Twitter were calling it dirtbag R&B. Um, that has been normalized. And like, oh, I'm excuse not me, Anisha, I think you're, I think you're breaking up a little bit. Beautiful uh, thing to get your feelings out there. Oh, uh, can you hear me? Uh, sorry, I think you're like kind of uh, breaking up. Uh, uh, oh, oh, you, you're back on again? Yeah, I'm so sorry. I didn't know what happened. No, 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 no. It's all good. Now I got to cut out that. <laughs> okay, no worries. I got to do more. I'm editing. so sorry. Okay. Nothing to feel sorry about. I know you're, you're talking about Drake uh, just now and everything. I really hope that we got some time because, you know, I only got at 40 minutes every uh, every 40 minutes. So it's like I got to like pretty much sew all this stuff together. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about Drake and basically his influences and basically like discovering him and uh, uh, when you're in seventh grade, which seems like about the same time a lot of people were uh, discovering him uh, around middle school time uh, with the uh, with the motto and uh, best I ever had and stuff of that nature that that was in the beginning of his uh you know him blowing up and stuff of that nature um and uh, yeah yeah you, you're you're leaving it at that uh you want to you want to continue what you were saying about that yeah yeah I was um just to add on to that I guess I was just saying that I really have admired the way he you know tells stories and he has such a romantic way of writing lyrics even if he's talking about pain I really appreciate that he is not afraid to put that out there no matter what people say and you know people like to hate people like to say like oh you know so and so is a simp for writing that or saying that but I honestly admire it because you know he goes against the grain and in, in a lot of ways and you know his you know his artistry is just is just so beautiful to experience 
And to be honest, it's been working pretty well for him. I mean, he makes a lot of money off the stuff, too. So, I mean, he must be doing something right on that. <laughs> but also, exactly. it's just like, you know, it's just, just in general, I feel like Drake has definitely solidified himself, like, in the books, for sure, and everything. At first, when you were listening to him, I was like, oh, I thought it was like, yeah, his music was good, but I thought he was, like, more, like, directed towards women and things of that nature. So it was just, like, you know, like, with the Chris Browns and stuff of that nature, I just didn't really, I don't want to say I didn't respect it to a certain degree, I just didn't think it was anything for me. And although I knew a lot of songs were pretty catchy and everything, it was just, it was just, you know it was just one of those things you know it's like you know for instance like my mom's a hit a low-key hip-hop head like, she'll hate on it for some of the time but as i know like she really loves hip-hop and like that's one of like the whole best I ever had song but that's one of the one songs like she would like actually like sing like when it was actually coming out so it's like that's how i know like a hit's like a hit and everything like exactly when it comes on <laughs> you know that's that's what it is you know, my yes. family is from Liberia, so it's just like, you know, like she, when she came into the States, it was like in the 90s, so it was all about Biggie and and um, all that and everything to that uh, degree um, and stuff of that nature. What I really like about Drake is like his, like, he, he can be hard when he needs to, like, for sure. Like, I know with the whole back-to-back this to Meek Mill and the charged up this to Meek Mill and like the whole uh, Summer 16 single that he dropped. And uh, mm-hmm. the whole, uh, if you're reading this, it's too late. That whole uh, project is something that I would look back to over and over again and everything if you want to catch like a modern style of trying to, you know, really like get your art out there. And I thought it was pretty, it was pretty like, it was like dark, but it was like, you know, it was like the cool kind of dark, you know, and I really appreciate Drake for making that project and everything. How do you feel about like his projects now? What's your favorite Drake project? Oh my gosh, that's... um that's so hard because you know what i actually did really enjoy honestly never mind i did like it um i know a lot of people were hating on it people were making so many memes and they're like oh it sounds like you know that spongebob song where you know when they were partying with the jellyfish i (laughs) (laughs) I didn't think about that i didn't see that one but i think (laughs) and i was like there's no way and i listened to it and i was like you know what you're right like he can be hard when he needs to be, but he doesn't need to do that all the time to prove his talent. He doesn't need to do that. It's like when artists are over singing because they want to show that they can do this. I just feel like something like that is it's, it can be quite unnecessary to do because, you know, you should do just what feels good. And maybe that feels good to them. But with Drake, I really appreciated this project because it's just simple. It's simple. It's to the point. It's lovely. It's a different vibe. It's just, it's, it's a calm, good, good energy that I, that I really, really liked. And, you know, I also did like Certified Lover Boy. I listened to that project top to bottom, bottom to top, like several times. And I, I really enjoyed it personally. So I know that people were saying like his peak is like, you know, like if you're reading this, it's too late, take care. Like those type of projects are, of course, like, you know, you can say a hundred percent there. They're more in his lane. They're less experimental, but this recent one was definitely more experimental for him. And honestly, he sounds good over anything and everything in my opinion, because I just love him no matter what he does. <laughs> I mean, everyone has like their music taste and everything. Honestly, Certified Lover Boy as a project, I didn't understand what all the hate was all about because he does got some banger, bangers on that song and everything like uh, the champagne poetry on um, that one song he did with Tim's called Fountains. 
Yes. Um, and then Beautiful. it's like, the one where he, the one song he sampled, like the cheerleading squad and everything. Like, yeah, they, they're all good songs. So I didn't want, understand why people were hating on it, really. I yeah. feel like people were just choosing to hate on it. Like this one project, I haven't really listened to it. But the only song I've listened to was the one he did with 21 Savage. I think that was like the last song on the project. And everything. Yeah, and I will say, actually, that was my least favorite song. What? Yeah. I was that was going to work. That was make me feel hype. That's going to be on my workout playlist now. <laughs> yeah, it, it is super energetic. It's just a completely different vibe from everything else. So when it came on, I was like, oh, like, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's been done. You know, it's, it's been done. So <laughs> that's why I was like, uh, that was not my favorite one. I did, fa- I did heart like all of my favorite ones. And, you know, there are a few on there that I really, really enjoyed. Um, if you haven't listened to the entire project yet, I really liked Tie That Binds. Um, that one is a beautiful one. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, definitely. I'll definitely put it on the Oscar when I'm driving around Charlotte tomorrow. Um, I'm, really, <laughs> I'm really gonna be in all types of different places tomorrow. So it's like, you know, I guess I'll be like one of my main, uh, you know, uh, What's the, that's gonna be on my soundtrack for the day tomorrow, Friday. Yeah, that, that's that's on my Friday soundtrack. And, uh, Beautiful. That nature. <laughs> but it's like, uh, but yeah, out of like those and everything, like you know, from the from the um freaking um, what was that project? Uh, Take care to um, uh, what a time to be alive. What you did with the future and um, mm-hmm. if this is too late. You know, you know all the Drake project, Scorpion. And stuff of that nature. Like, what is your yeah. what is your favorite favorite personal drink project? Oh my goodness, my favorite favorite would probably be views. Views. Okay, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, you. That was a good one. Oh. I mean, that was summer sixteen, and that was in the summer of twenty sixteen, and I mean early spring. I think I dropped end of April, and um, I just have a lot of beautiful memories attached to that project. I was listening to it during a really good time in my life too. So the nostalgia also um, plays a part in it. So I really do. I really do like that one. It's, it's just amazing. You know, he has some songs that you can vibe to, but also there's some that go hard. So um, they're just nice. What's your favorite big project? Uh, I would say it's kind of a tie between uh, if you're reading this, it's too late and uh what a time to be alive because what a time to be alive came out when the Carolina Panthers were uh, literally in the Super Bowl. And I feel like what really would have changed everything is if Drake and future would have really did the halftime show. I feel like that would have, that would have motivated us to make a couple of touchdowns and everything like, but uh, <laughs> I mean, 100%. I feel like if the Panthers won that year, that would have really, that would have really made 2015 like top tier. Uh, 2016, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I like the music and everything all these past couple of years, but I don't know. I don't know why people enjoyed Summer 16 so much. I don't know what it was. Collectively, I feel like everyone just had a really good summer because I did. Um, I will say that I've had better summers than that one. Like Summer 17 was even better for me. Um, no, yeah, Summer 17 was pretty good. Summer 19 was good. So... Yeah, I, I guess it's just a collective thing. It must have something to do with astrology. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know, man. I mean, hey, I don't know, man. The last year, I last good year I've had, it, it has been a lie. Maybe I'm just negative. Who knows? Who knows? But it's just like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 2017 was was crazy for me, and not in the good way. But I mean, it is what it is. Um, right now we're like five minutes off to by like cutting off. I think in the next when we hop back on after five minutes, like, we've been talking about music for like ever. I think it will be a good transition into spirituality and uh, modern relationships. And I think we can speak a little bit on like life and like uh, Cali versus life in North Carolina. But since like, you know, you want to go in, since we're uh, we're pretty much going in that direction. Um, how is, <coughs> sorry, my bad cough. How is life out there in uh, California? Like what are some things that you like and you dislike? Well, um, I guess one major thing that I dislike is that over the years, I've seen my neighborhood change quite a bit. Um, so growing up, I, uh, we were the only like young family in my neighborhood. Everybody else was older, retired. And then throughout the years, I've seen, you know, like younger families move in. So it was kind of weird because when we were kids, we didn't have other neighborhood kids to play with. But now that we're older, there are kids who have each other to play with. And it's like, okay, like, lucky you, we didn't have that. But I mean, that's not something I hold um, in a resentful way. I, I still love my neighborhood and where I live. It's just like the culture has changed so much in the way that people aren't as friendly anymore. And um, people like who move in, they kind of keep to, to themselves. Maybe they're not like the friendliest with everybody. And so it's just kind of a different vibe. So that's like something that I don't like because that's directly a result of like the whole tech boom and a lot of people's people were like leaving and a lot of people were moving in because like house prices like skyrocketed. So people were like, okay, like let's collect our bag and just go, go somewhere else. Um, California also has become so crowded like there are just like too many cars here there's always so much traffic like that's what I hate <laughs> um but you know of course like I feel sick when I'm not here I really do and I've only visited one other state which was Nevada so that shouldn't even count because it's right next door but I genuinely you know this is where my heart and soul is and I appreciate and I love the blue skies. I love the beautiful weather. I love the sunsets, the flowers, just like the friendliness. People are people are friendly in general. And I understand like when you go to a um, different different like states, maybe you won't experience the same energy. And that's what the beauty of diversity really is. And that's great. But you know, it's nice to feel at home somewhere and I don't see myself leaving here even if I had to move like I would never move to LA for instance like I'm staying in the bay I'm staying in my little corner and um if I needed to go to LA like for work I would rather fly back and forth and come home to my little corner of the world every day than you know get a place out there and stay there because if I'm complaining about how bad it is here in the Bay, it's 10 times worse in LA from what I've heard. Oh, wow. I know there's like a whole lot of homelessness going on out there too. Like a whole lot of homelessness going on. I don't know what that yes. is. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's heartbreaking to see because, you know, when I used to go to San Francisco as a kid, like with my parents, like, you know, on Sundays before we started working and everything, my dad would take us all. We'd, we would go somewhere. We'd go to Sacramento. We'd, we would go to Vacaville. We would go to, you know, the city. We would go somewhere. And as a kid, San Francisco was much different than it is today because, I started going to college out here. Um, 
and I plan to like, and I want to work out here and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing homeless people everywhere, it's just, it's heartbreaking, you know, it's, it's so sad and it feels like there's no help for them. And, you know, the weather in San Francisco is, is a lot cooler than where I'm at. And, um, on a rainy day, on a cold day, on a windy day, I tend to think about these people and I get worried thinking like, wow, I mean, I hope they're okay. If it's bitter cold here, it's even worse than San Francisco. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking. You know, uh, the Bay area has, you know, turned into somewhat of a mess. And I feel like there's not a lot being done to help people, yeah, you know? Uh, well, we got like less than one minute. Just so you know, cause I didn't want the stuff to cut you off. Like, you know, all like rude, like, you know, and that'll be like Zoom and everything. So I upgrade the pro yet. It's just, you know, it's crazy for me it's just i know i like to hear all day about like your stance on on homelessness so we could probably carry it on to the next but i felt we didn't get to speak about uh you uh your influences with the weekend so you know we got that to look out for also so it's like uh i'm gonna just end it now and just restart it and everything just so no one gets cut off how about that sure i'll be on here most definitely all right see ya recording right now all right yeah back on episode 84 this is part two all right now now we're speaking a whole lot about drake and we kind of end the last part of speaking about like life in california with the homelessness and stuff of that nature but let's let's get back on the weekend and what the weekend uh means to you it's kind of sad how he used to be on ovo and now he's kind of not um stuff of that nature it kind of sucks but yeah uh free ball uh, what is uh well, what's the weekend mean uh to your uh career uh this misha well um i'm a huge fan of the weekend as as everyone knows and i want to say i discovered him back in 2014 it had to be 2014 and so it's like almost 10 years it, it's kind of crazy how how much time flies but um i really really love that especially in his earlier work he was not shy to do something completely different and you know, a lot of people may struggle to talk about the things that he talks about in his music. Is like hold, his a second. Real- uh, hold on a second, ma'am. Hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Okay. Okay, back to the weekend. My bad. I know you're talking about him being very, very innovative and stuff of that nature. Yes, hundred percent. And I really appreciated how bold he was, especially in the beginning of his career, where he was, you know, he had no problem like talking about his lifestyle and. At that time, like, you know, his his songs were quite explicit in what he liked to do and what he was doing, what his day to day life looked like. And um, when you when you see this guy and the way he carries himself, you know that he was living what he was saying. It wasn't cap. It wasn't like how a lot of people say they have they do this and they have this and whatever. And it's actually not true. But with this guy, you you could trust that he was about about the life that he was preaching he had. And I liked that a lot. I just thought that it was so genuine. It, it was so real. And, you know, like I was saying before, is I, I tend to gravitate towards artists who have no um, fear in expressing their true selves. And that's just beautiful to me. It's so broad, so vulnerable. And on top of that, his voice is just so beautiful. It's so mesmerizing. So um, I really liked it. And I, I definitely took inspiration from his voice his vocals when I was first like trying to find my style because um something about me is I took choir for five years from eighth grade to high to uh senior year 
And so like I was trained in a classical sense and how to how to sing these really old, difficult pieces, which were awesome. But like if you want to be a, a singer who's like singing pop or singing R&B or whatever, you can't necessarily sing like that. And so in the very beginning, I was singing along to artists who I felt like I really loved and admired and I wanted to find what kind of voice I had. And so artists like Bruno Mars and The Weeknd, um, even Michael Jackson, these like, you know, falsetto tenor gentlemen, <laughs> these were the voices that I was the most attracted towards. And it made sense being a soprano myself. So I was like, okay, it's just like the male equivalent. And so The Weeknd was one of those artists who I'd sing along to his music and I, I would feel really good about it. So that's one reason why I hold him so close to my heart is I feel like he helped me my he helped me without knowing he helped me in my fundamental um, years which were basically right after high school in finding my own voice wow, that is actually very crazy the first time I actually like discovered the weekend on my end or actually noticed the weekend was when he did that one song with Wiz Khalifa I think remember you that was on his ONIFC um uh album, you, you remember Wiz Khalifa's ONIFC album correct yes yes yeah remember you that was a that was the first introduction into uh, uh the weekend and stuff I, I just kept replaying that song and he pretty much made that song basically like I like Wiz's verse on it but it was just it was just something about like the way how like he was like harmonizing it like he really kind of set that tone of that dark environment that was going on in that video and stuff of that nature and it's just I, that whole music video stuck with me for like a, a lot of years and everything so i didn't really dwell too too deep, deep too deep in the whole weekend stuff and everything beyond uh, noticing that he actually signed the ovo and now he's like not signed the ovo do you think you might know why he isn't signed the ovo uh Nisha? um well it's interesting because i've i've seen a lot of series about this and one thing is do you know that book the i think it's 48 laws of power something but the laws of power i forgot who it's by but there was one um video that explained how the weekend seems to embody some of these laws to get to his success and one thing that they were saying about the weekend is like he always wanted more if he knew that if he stayed on with drake that he would not end up being as big as drake he wanted to be as big as drake so he would end up staying as a party next door as Maji Jordan who are amazing artists in their own right and incredibly popular but we can't say that they have the same like amount of like I guess the pull the same pull as uh Drake's what to say yeah and so you know that was just one theory where someone was saying that this is why the weekend thought it was a better move for him to just be separated and you know work on his own and make his own because then he wouldn't have like the full control as he would want and I I saw the interview of like Drake's side where Drake was talking about how hurt he was because like they genuinely thought that they were building something together and so I understand like you know that's that's just really sad because it was like it was so exciting that a lot of people's favorite artists were like teaming up together they were on the same label together they're working together but you know, at the end of the day, you're not wrong for choosing yourself and what you want to do. And so, you know, he did what he did. And I, I think it worked out well for him. I, I just hope, you know, I hope they'll, they can be friends again, or I hope that they make music together again, because they have amazing um, chemistry together, for sure. 
And it's just lovely to hear that as a big fan of both. Oh, yeah, no, for real, though. Like, seriously, like, I really wanted to see what we were going to make out of that. Because, you know, I know J. Cole has this Dreamville stuff and everything. And, like, Kendrick mm-hmm. Lamar's with, like, Top Dog Entertainment. So it's like, you know, Drake and, like, you know, The Weeknd being, like, the two pillars of OVO and bringing in more artists on, you know, besides Party Next Door and everything. You know, a lot of people don't agree with this. But I would have loved to see Excess Tentacion be a part of LVO before he passed instead of like him and Drake having like issues and things of that nature. Because, you know, even though their styles are kind of different to a certain degree, they still like kind of like have a whole lot of they really they seem to have strength in harmonizing and stuff of that nature. And I feel like OVO kind of carries that more dark aesthetic, but with the harmonizing too at the same time, I feel like that would have really, you know, really branched like OVO out. You know what I mean? And that's what sucks yeah. about Drake being a part of OVO because it seems like, you know, people think, oh, he's just jumping on the bandwagon and he's like keeping all the artists down and everything. Um, but it's like, I really feel like, you know, if he would have really worked hard at it and everything, I feel like, you know, he really could have did something um, with OVO to really make it larger um and stuff of that nature um i know we've been speaking about this for a whole while and everything you said you only got like about like till um like about my 6 30 about like what like eight more minutes to be on the podcast i was thinking your your 6 40 yeah i'm i'm 6 22 right now um so it's like it's, you got a good like 18 minutes yeah yeah all right, cool, cool, wonderful. We've been talking a lot about this stuff. It's crazy how long we can go on and on talk about Drake in the weekend and other artists. It is no, so literally. Cool. I mean, <laughs> you, I can talk about them, like, all day long. Them and, like, Silk Sonic. I can't talk enough about Silk Sonic. So it's just, like, when you love an artist, you know, music is what brings us together. So it makes sense that, like, naturally, we're, we're so excited to hear each other's, you know, views on our you know great artist so why not <laughs> yeah no i can feel that most definitely um and stuff of that nature um but if like we were about to dwell into another topic point and stuff of that nature i know spirituality is a big part of uh you pretty much believe a whole lot about uh spirituality and manifestation and stuff of that nature and new moons and stuff um well what's your experience with that lately and what have you manifested in your life well um I've actually been learning a lot more about the law of assumption. Um, I used to really do research on law of attraction and I just like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of spirituality can be quite saturated in terms of, you know, people delivering it. And so everybody has a different point of view, which is, it's not wrong. Your truth is your truth and whatever you believe in is right. It's true for you, you know, but I feel like when so many people are delivering information, it, it can be easy to like get confused. So um, for me, I've, I've recently been getting into a lot of assumption where I just hold the belief. I hold the belief that something is true and I'm able to manifest it. And I, I was just trying out my manifestation power. So I manifested a text and it worked <laughs> just to see. Um, and so this gave me a lot of confidence because I was like, as human beings, we, you know, we, I feel like in a sense are like conditioned to believe like, oh, that stuff is like, it's hoodoo or it's woo, or it's not real, or it doesn't work. And that's not the truth. And it's like, that's, that's just really sad because we're wasting our creation powers on, on these type of beliefs when we could really just be focusing on what it is that we desire and what, whatever it is that we want. And, um, 
I can always, I can pinpoint the exact time where I thought of something and then that was on the negative side, on the doubtful side, and then it did go wrong for me. So I've been working on really just inner work and correcting these type of thoughts and beliefs. And it's, it's so enlightening and it's, and it's so beautiful and it, it lifts a, you know, a weight off of your chest to be able to do that. And so right now I've just been manifesting that I, you know, just basically a lot of self love and, you know, the self-limiting beliefs that I had before I'm manifesting against those and manifesting that I don't have those anymore because, you know, a lot of people they're in their own way and it's important to get out of your own way. (laughs) And so that's what I've been just trying to work on is to get out of my own way, stop letting my own doubts and fears get in the way of having whatever it is that I want because you know I can have it and everyone can have whatever they want if they just let go of their limiting beliefs oh yeah most definitely I I could truly believe that to a certain degree you know what's crazy I think I might have manifested my dog too honestly Um, yeah because like you know before I even like found my dog which was like uh like back in 2018, I always think about like getting a dog and naming him like Clueless, but I didn't know like why would I name him Clueless and everything of that nature. I feel like what would be a good reason to even name him Clueless? So I was like, oh yeah, a lot of dogs just don't know a bunch of a whole lot and everything. In this case, the scenario, I was driving, Um, this is in December, 2018. This is, I was coming home after my first semester in college and everything um, back at a university. Um, and as I was driving my mom's car uh, back uh, to the crib and everything, uh, those they're holding up a whole lot of traffic, like a lot of traffic on the road. And I didn't understand why, why was there so much traffic for? And then looked to see like there was like this dog that kept running in and out of the street and everything for like no reason. And uh, even when people pick him up and put him back on the sidewalk, he would just run into the street again. And I'd be like, what is up with that dog? And everything of that nature. So I'll just pull up to the side. And I'll just, just pick him up and I'll be like, hey, man, like, you can just roll with me for a while until we can find your people and everything. And since that, he's never left the house. Like, he's just he's just a cool, he's a joy to be around. He, he, he would like, you know, everyone in my neighborhood knows about him and things of that nature. And it's just like, I just named him Clueless because he just didn't have a clue. He just kept <laughs> doing stuff well, cluelessly. So like, just that just fits in him now. So that's like his name now. That's so cute. That's so beautiful. And that definitely sounds like a manifestation. Like, honestly, like everything is a manifestation, even things that seem so little. Like, if you if you set if you set an intention that you're gonna get something, you're gonna get it. It may not be right away, but you will get it. And that's even something like what you did is like, um, sort of living in the end of it, like, oh, if I had a dog, I would name it clueless. And so Eventually, you got a very clueless dog who was running out into the street <laughs> and not staying on the sidewalk, and the name just fit, and that's so adorable. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's just, a, I just like saying the name and everything, and even other people be like, oh, that's Clue Clue, Clue Boy. Uh, sometimes I call him Chungus and everything because he's kind of getting a little bit chubby, but no, nothing wrong with it. He still keeps his figure. It's just, he's, just, he's just a cute, adorable dog and everything, and people just... Aww. And his people just seem to gravitate to him. And he's like, he's not even like a mean dog or anything. He's very docile. He's just friendly 
and everything all my baby cousins like to like you know interact with him and everything so it's just like you know i was just i, I thought that was pretty cool with him like to be like i need to start taking him out on walks again i just been so busy and some of that's nature like um so now i'm on a job search and everything so now i gotta manifest another thing um to that there you go <laughs> in that direction <laughs> and stuff of that nature but it's like uh yeah it's just it's just stuff like that um but if we had to speak more on like modern relationships we have literally only 10 minutes <laughs> i really don't know how much we can get out of it i'm so sorry about this i feel like we should hop on again like maybe later on today you think you got time uh, later on today later on today i don't think so <laughs> you don't think so you, you probably want to hop on tomorrow and see if we can probably finish like the rest of the time because we've been talking yeah, about yeah. drinking the weekend like all like the whole time i feel like it could be the same episode it's just it's gonna I need a little bit more content i just didn't think a whole lot of stuff would be going on in the background like this and i know you got to be where you got to be but, but we can try and make it stretch for a little bit but uh yeah in regards to modern relationships uh, for like the last 10 minutes and everything um mm-hmm. what what do how do you feel like modern relationships like how, what are you what are some things that you like and what are some things that you don't like in regards to modern relationships today i would say um i feel like modern relationships really just seem to be over complicated mm. and um it's it's too much of a a trial size travel size kind of situation where you want to test the waters but you don't want to fully you know, get locked in because you want to make sure you're open for other options. And that's just like a trend that I've seen in general is like, oh, yeah, like you should date other people, date around, blah, blah, blah. And I just it's bizarre, not bizarre, but like it's just remarkable really to me that people have the emotional bandwidth and the the time and the mental energy to deal with so many people at a time. And, you know, because I look at things in more of a traditional sense where I see like, people are courting each other, you kind of only talking to them exclusively to them. And then, you know, you get together, or you don't, but you don't like leave them hanging in that way. I, I feel like people are also afraid of confrontation these days. And so they would much rather ghost because I feel like later on, they can come back and say, give you all these excuses as to why they did that when they could have just told you then. And I think that's because they want that you know, benefit of that doubt. And so I, I truly do feel like relationships, modern day relationships are quite complicated, overcomplicated more, maybe more than they, they really should be they that they need to be. Because people could definitely say that, oh, yeah, like people cheat. And of course, like people have cheated always. <laughs> and people cheat now. Um, but I think part of the culture of having the options available as part of the no labels and that kind of stuff, breeds that type of you know tendency to cheat to have loose boundaries because you don't establish the boundaries to begin with and so that's just what I've observed and you know it can be really frustrating for someone who you know may not be into that type of dating but unfortunately you get forced into it is is kind of what I've seen amongst my friends and such so yeah I agree with that uh, from my insight, from what I've seen, is that I feel like people are more focused on just being seen a certain way and, like, the image of whatever their relationship might be looking like 
or how, like, for instance, I know you, like, specified on people constantly trying to, like, not be traditional, not stay exclusive, and I feel like a lot of that has to do with them wanting to portray an image and say, like, maybe there might be a ladies' man, city boy, or maybe they want to be, like, a female that just wants to just uh, do a city girl, do whatever she wants and not be tied down uh, to that degree, and I feel like, you know, I feel like this is become more competitive to a degree. That's one thing I've noticed is, like, the lack of, like, you know, security and, like, everyone's, like, gender identity, too, on that end, too, because, it's like, you know, like, men, you get, you can just court, like, one woman and just, you know, be happy. Oh, you know, that's my girl. It's like, that's my relationship, blah, 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 instead of, like, saying it's just, like, oh, yeah, I got a bunch of girls, blah, blah, and, and like, that could be cool, like, you know, as long as you're down to earth about it, it's fine. But it's like, if you're just tricking people and making them feel like, you know, like, oh, like, you know, you're the only person. And then like, that's not the case. So you want to go and like, you know, like, as you said in the past, uh, um, what what do you say? Experience of the pussy? What was it? The stuff that you said uh, on Instagram story one time, I thought it was funny. Um, I like the the one where you have to, um, do you feel like you have to make more money than your No, 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 no. The one about a pussy. You said it's like that, the experience of the pussy or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> it was about taking breaks yeah yeah taking breaks so like you know yeah. It's, yeah it's just stuff of that nature and it's just yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really it's funny. very 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 wishy-washy and to be honest like you are 100% right in the in the the city boy city girl culture is I mean every person should have the choice and option to do whatever they want right but I feel like in the end it does hurt certain people And especially if it's not made transparent early on that, hey, this is like a temporary thing or this is like a one time thing. And it's like you may lead somebody on all the way to think that it's more than that. And that's where it where it gets wrong. And I don't know, like I feel like a lot of the music and it's it's so funny that I say this because I listen to music that kind of conveys the opposite. But like um, a lot of music really glorifies this type of lifestyle, which is really not realistic. Um, yes, it's, it's not, not realistic at all. That's and it's it. not functioning. It's not conducive to anybody. But I guess if you're like a rapper who gets a lot of groupies, sure. I mean, that might be your life. But like, maybe not for a regular person who is in- influenced by this type of music, who they think that this is a lifestyle that they should live in order to look cool. is like, Could okay, yeah, I'm going hurt a lot of people and I'm so cool like for hurting a lot of people like since when when are you cool for like and people like want to say stuff like you know when it comes to body count and stuff like that I'm like so you're just proud that you got ran through like I mean ain't nothing wrong with that but I'm just saying like this is what you're saying is like you're you're you know you don't have a lot of standards when it comes to that. Yeah. My stance <laughs> on that or my philosophy on that, for instance, is like, it's cool if like you have the mindset, like, okay, I just want to experience what I want to experience. And then when I find that one person, there's no excuses, you know? And I can understand to that degree. And that seems a little bit more productive on the scale that, okay, there's no excuses and you can't like whatever, uh, you know, but at the same token, you have to still bear, like, with every, like, positive, there's always, like, a negative, you know what I'm saying? 100%. So, it's yeah. just, like, you could just be, like, oh, yeah, but then, like, imagine, like, you slept with, like, so many different, like, partners, and then you're out with someone that you actually want to, like, stick with for a while, and then, like, they see you at the supermarket, or they see you here or there, and stuff of that nature, and then it's just, like, oh, wow, like, now your other, your 
your significant other has to deal like with the matters. Not saying it's anything embarrassing because they could like love you regardless, but now they have to deal with that, you know, and then it's just. Like, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I, I totally get what you're trying to get at here is like the the image. Like it's like if you see one of those people's past flirtationships or whatever, it's like, oh, like I just had him two months ago. OK, whatever. Like, you know, people think like that. And when they're angry, if they feel like if they feel like being petty, they definitely think like that. Like, oh, you know, it's it's just a ton of negative energy that I just feel like you shouldn't really be mixing with that many people in general. You know, I kind of like have a small circle approach to life. And so I just that's just something I'll never understand. Like, what is it? What is it doing for you? What is it benefiting? You know? I guess it's because people want to just validate themselves and like people try to find the most absurd ways to validate themselves and like we're all kind of like guilty of it to a certain degree but not like to like you know like relationship why everyone's the same but everybody stands so like you know everybody has a uh, you know certain fantasies that they want to live out and you know you only got one life to live basically um, and stuff of that nature and you don't want to like live like in regret and stuff of that nature but regardless no matter what you do in life whether you do this or that you're always going to have some kind of regret to a certain extent or another you know that's just exactly that's just just, it is but you just got to be smart on what's your what's worthy of regret and what's not um and i i feel like i don't know this 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 generation especially everybody is so like you know I feel like social media has really warped the minds of like everyone in our generation to a certain degree where not only are expectations entirely unrealistic to the point where we'll make you depressed and stuff of that nature but they're so unrealistic to where it's like you know the sense of you like trying to reach those like you know, those numbers of whatever bodies you want to sleep in or whatever car you want to drive or whatever, it, it will be it will be pushed to the point where people will literally commit crimes just to make that happen. You know, and yeah. that's, that's what leads like with people trying to have sex with multiple women and they end up being sex offenders. And then people wanted to get certain types of cars and everything. So they try to do fraud and everything to make their lifestyle more realistic just to brag about it. And like no one's good with just living humble and just being honest with themselves. Like what do you really, really want out of a relationship? And it's just like, where do you really see yourself five years from now? Do you want to do the same thing? Or do you want to do this, that, and the third? Like what are you really trying to get out of this life beyond like shallowness like that? You know, like that's I feel like people really need to ask themselves that question. Like what do they what's their purpose? Like beyond like trying to prove people trying to prove things to people or validate themselves to other people exactly we lose we lose or i mean people lose sight of the more important things is like a post is not important likes are not important what's going on in in your real life is what's really important so it's like why do you care what a bunch of strangers think about you because i can promise you that you don't have to lie you don't have to flex you don't have to say this you don't have to say that for people to love you if you're just you and I, I can 100% attest to that because I'm against, um, you know, flexing for the gram. <laughs> I'm against like lying. I, I like to come on there and be my authentic self. And if people love it, that's that's just the most beautiful thing is like when you develop genuine connections with people based on who you truly are, not like who I want people to think I am because like it's not really you. And that's why a lot of people get so upset and depressed is because they're already showing something that they aren't. And so they cannot keep up with it. Then they feel this pressure and this conflict that I'm lying. I have to get away. I have to find a way to actually become this. And it's just unnecessary. 
I think, I think that's what leads people to trying to go into more drug use and everything because people just hate being themselves and everything and they feel like they need a break all the time and it's like you know I feel like that's just the society we live in it's just like we don't accept everyone as they are we always have to like shit on people for like the most yeah. necessary stuff or like be so judgmental on people and everything and try to put them in a box like who are you and everything you know and I'm just I'm just never the type to just sit around and just focus on other people to that degree and everything and I feel like social Same. media it's social media it's like it's to that point where it's like you know you feel like you have to validate yourself and I feel like like you know that's not necessary and stuff of that nature if you want to truly be happy and everything. Like I took a break off social media for months uh, this year because I was going through some things. Um, but it's just like, you know, I wanted to get back because I really get on this thing just to try and like do the whole podcast thing. Yeah, set up more interviews and uh, stuff of that nature. And that's like kind of like my main focus. You know, it's good to have a focus when it comes to social media. So, I mean, your focus shouldn't be trying to please people. It should be like, it should at least be documenting your life like a like a like a album like a photo book album you know stuff of that nature like i'd be going back to my memories and like wow like, this is really like a photo book album and so yeah. like i really like these are what we thought back then this is what we were the teams were rooting for this is what was going on at this time you know this whole covid era like we're going to be talking about this for a while like they're going to make whole documentaries about this like they're going to teach in school about this in the history books like 30 to 40 50 years from now and everything like us voting Donald Trump in office or maybe not us personally but it's just like yeah <laughs> somehow getting Donald Trump in office we're gonna have to speak about what that was like and like really like how we get to that point and stuff of that nature you know it's just it's just one of those things in life where it's just like you know like you really once you really just sit around and actually take actually notice like how like the speed that life is going at and everything you just learn to enjoy like you know the little things in life and everything like the friendships you made and stuff and you focus less on the people who don't care and the people who like might be disrespectful you just stop caring about them and I feel like that's where true happiness uh pretty much resides in that's what that's what sucks yeah. in relationships now um, yeah 100% and like I'm a strong believer in minding my own business like um if I if it doesn't directly concern me or my loved ones I'm not really about to get into it like that or even put any extra thought into it and so I feel like a lot of people should try to do that because too many people are so I feel like people only get obsessed with people pleasing and living a fake life on social media because there are people out there who are caring like that and it's that'll always you know be wild to me is like how are you gonna just care so much about what someone else is doing like like why like why aren't you like focused on what you're doing or why aren't you paying attention to your own friends own family I feel like the only time I'll step in is if I if I see one of my friends family loved ones whatever is like in immediate danger or like you know something really really bad or out of pocket but at the same time like you can't shield everybody from everything and it's important to just remember that like people need to live their own life their own lives the way they're going to live them and that includes making the mistakes that they're going to make and it doesn't matter what someone thinks is someone is making a mistake or someone is doing this or that it's just not anyone's place to tell them and I feel like a lot of social media depression is you know because of that like people people don't just mind their own business I mean I know a lot of people would never say the things that they do in the dms they would never swipe up 
if like you saw them on a regular basis, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's just bizarre to me, but you know, unfortunately there are two sides of the coin that people get obsessed with it. And then people who are obsessed with watching it and you know, they're, they, it's a cycle and it never stops. And I don't think it ever really will. Um, it just depends on where, what life is going to be like in the future and everything. I mean, I mean, it is a bit, I feel like everything kind of comes to an end. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like for instance, like when Pokemon first came out, it was like, oh, wow, this shit is crazy. And then it died down for a little bit. And then when they did the whole Pokemon Go thing, it came back. And then it's just like, you know, it's more like a, and now it's slowly coming back, like in terms of just like, you know, like trading cards being like really, really expensive and everything of that nature. So it's just like, you know, things change. Like that's one thing that's always certain is like things always change. Like remember, remember when Vine was like the app to go to at one point? And yeah, 100%. And that was like TikTok and then Snapchat was crazy. And then mm-hmm. Instagram started doing things that Snapchat was doing. And then now Instagram's back to being the main thing again <laughs> and stuff of that nature. You know, there's probably going to be a point where social media just isn't going to be cool anymore. You know, the whole, like, it's just going to be weird and, like, dangerous. Like, it's already dangerous as it is now um, to a certain extent, you know. Like, even, but it, it'll just, in, it, in its entirety, become, like, oh, you're on Facebook? Ew. It, it's going to be like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Instagram's definitely going to be like that to a certain degree. I feel like you know, with the people going into virtual reality, you know, like technology just keeps going forward and then there's going to be more and more problems and everything. Remember when Pokemon Go came out and then issues like people end up in neighborhoods like they weren't supposed to and then it was just, <laughs> and they would get all in crazy situations like that. You know, everything comes with something like with the whole texting thing on your phone and then like now then I had to push the no texting and driving stuff. You know, it just goes on and on. Like there's always something, you know what I'm saying? Always. Yeah. So it, it's just the only thing for certain is that, you know, there is change, like you said, and a lot of things don't always end up working out the way they were intended to work out. And that's also the beauty of it and also why it's harmful. But, you know, as artists right now who are independent, we need social media to reach people. And so that's OK. <laughs> you know, we are dealing with a market that has the consumer that likes to have a more personalized touch to their whatever they consume and so social media is one avenue of you know getting that so it sadly won't go away anytime soon but I feel like us artists will keep it alive if anything and I we're gonna have to keep it alive that's how we're gonna stay connected with each other with our fans and such oh yeah most definitely and stuff of that nature. Dang, it's crazy. I only got like four minutes. So I feel like there's so much stuff we have to speak on in regards to the whole modern relationships and spirituality and stuff of that nature. We may have to hop on one more time, actually, because just to put this all together, because I feel like there's just so much ground um, to cover and everything. Like, for instance, I'd like to ask you, for instance, like, what would your ideal relationship and ideal partner, like, what would that be and stuff? So something to keep in mind and uh, okay. nature, like your Indian heritage and stuff. I think we'll speak more on that we hop on again when might you next be uh free um possibly tomorrow um maybe around the same time i will let you know though closer to um the morning um i'll I'll let you know Uh, my morning i meant (laughs) i i I don't know if the time will work for you but um we'll figure something out for sure because i got we will because i definitely would like to get back on and you know continue this conversation because like you know, we have, we've been having a great conversation, so why not continue? (laughs) 
Oh yeah, no, 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 it's, it's no problem for sure. Um, but I'm gonna just end the recording uh, right now and then uh, we'll pretty much, uh, we'll pretty much chop it up like on, uh, we'll pretty much chop it up soon or like trying to figure out the next time because I didn't even think it was gonna be like all this with all this much time and everything. So it's just, I still feel like we haven't touched on so many other things. So it's like- Okay, I'm looking forward to, you know, getting in touch with you again. All right, most definitely. All right, let me just stop and then. Uh, there we go. All right, part three. <laughs> I know this is like probably like the longest. <laughs> part three of the Mental Thirst Podcast episode 84 with Miss Nisha. I know last time we were speaking a little bit more about uh, modern relationships and things and just how people are just trying to act like, you know, they think more selfishly and more like a shallow like in regards to relationships. Um, if you want to like go into detail, what are some other things that you think is kind of like a uh, whack in the whole relationship field of the uh, modern relationships today? Um, one thing that I will say is that people, I, I feel like priorities are a little different how in the way that like I have heard quite a few people um, talk about people they know in these situations where they've been together for a long time and they have a child together or a couple of children together, but they're not married. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so strange to me how I feel like a lot of people feel that marriage is the scary thing because it's like permanent or it's commitment, but I just don't see how it's any more uh, permanent than children because I think personally children are the ultimate commitment and so when I see that there are couples who are like oh yeah like let's totally have children like that's perfect but like they're hesitant to get married it just it gives this you know vibe of like it's kind of unbalanced to me yeah because I feel like they want the option to be able to easily leave whenever possible and that type of person maybe shouldn't be having children because, you know, you have this, you know, fear of, you know, being there for someone for the long haul. And if you want the option to be easily able to leave whenever you can, then that's just, that's just, you know, giving, that's just setting off the wrong tone for any type of connection you make is if you're thinking about how you can get out of it before you even get into it fully. Yeah, but I feel like you're kind of into it to a certain degree if you have children, like, with them and everything. But, you know, I can understand that, too. I guess it's because when it comes to marriage, like, that's what sucks about this society. It's just, like, you know, they've kind of bastardized the whole, like, concept of marriage of, like, you know, finding the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with, finding the person that you want to, like, you know, you know, really build a life with. But now it's, like, it just seems like just another, they see it as, like, a scam now because, like, there's been so many situations where people end up being married and then, like, maybe they're not happy or whatever and then they get divorced and the process with divorce is so, you know, it's so, how can I say, it's just, it's dragging. Even taken from me, like, both my parents, like, separated and then divorced and even before that, they were having issues and everything and it can really, when you see things like that firsthand and everything, I guess people just don't want to be caught up in that situation and stuff and like they just want to live more really like really get to that point where they get they're more settled in who they are before they really get settled with someone else you know what i'm saying like you got to be happy with yourself before you get it try to be a part of someone's life you know what i mean yeah 100%. I, I feel like they should i feel like they should also um keep this energy when they want to have when they're having children with somebody it, i feel like it's 
honestly, it feels like the same thing is like, if you have a kid with someone, you're locked in with that person. I just feel like it personally. Um, but you know, I'm speaking on the other side of the spectrum where my parents have been together and they still are together. And so I, I can see firsthand in that way. And I have that same sort of expectation for my life where I want marriage straight up and then children and have a whole life forever, you know, with the one person. So I totally understand it, you know, and it's interesting what you were saying about like, um, wanting to make sure you're good on your own first and like building yourself first before you build with another person is I, I saw a TikTok of this couple, a married couple who, um, they got married very, very young, probably when they were 18, because they had a kid together when they were in high school and they got married when they were 18. They've been together for like maybe 10 years at this point. And they did have two other children, but they worked together to help put each other through school and raise their kids. And they struggled so much, but they did it together as a team. And that's just so beautiful because, you know, people think very individualistic these days. Mm -hmm. And while that is like, perfect like yeah you should totally think like you should be able to be good with or without someone but when you approach a relationship with an individualistic mindset I feel like you can never really get yourself to commit to anybody or anything yeah you know I I I can understand that you know individualistic yeah I feel like yeah to an extent um I feel like that's how a lot of people tend to think they think the the priorities seem to be more set in themselves and what they can mm-hmm. something as opposed to really what they can build with another person. And it's just like, you know, it's just, that's just the way that things are nowadays. I don't even know how marriage is going to look like a decade from now, two decades from now. I don't even know if people can even stay together for, for decades. I would love for like, that would be the case that, you know, if we have cases like that. I know my brother has been with his girlfriend for like six years now. So it's just like, you know, it's that's beautiful. Not, it's not impossible. It's really just, it's just a matter of work. And I guess people tend to shy away from like putting the work in to really like investing themselves in another person. You know, you have cases where, where dudes want to be like, you know, want to like compete with their friends or something. I don't even know. I'm trying to like, trying to, you know, get more women, get more women and stuff like that. So committing to like one person, is just kind of like iffy. You have situations where it's like, even if they do break up with that, that girl and everything, their friends try to swoon, the same friend that try to like get them, uh, try to get them to break up with their girl be the main one trying to push up on their girl. And it's just like, you know, the, the, the way how like the environment is set in this generation is just so adversity is never a problem. However, but there's so yeah. much deceit nowadays. It's just like, it's not really a matter of the adversity. It's like the deceit that really brings in adversity that really, really like people really be on the look for, out for or should be more concerned with, you know, and it's just, that's just the way things are, you know. you know it's heartbreaking to see that a lot of friendships get broken up over these things and then you know you come like trust issues of course and insecurities of like oh your friend is being way too friendly with your partner or whatever and then you know these little insecurities fights and they breed resentment and you know it's just an ugly situation so it, it indeed is very complicated but sometimes I feel like, you know, if you're surrounded by the wrong people, like until, until you get out of that zone and you know, you're a hundred percent, right. Like if, until you don't feel secure in yourself, you really won't be able to thrive in any type of relationship. So, you know, it just really sucks that it is the way it is, but I do trust. And I believe there are good people out here because 
if you think about yourself and the way that you behave, you know, like personally, mm-hmm. um, like if you know that you are this type of person, if you're like, um, I'm a really loyal person or I'm, I'm a or what very loving person, very supportive person. I always say like, you know, just remember, there's no way you're the only one out there who's like that. So I'm sure there's somebody out there who can match that. And I always tell people and my friends, like, you know, you'll find it, you'll find whoever it is, just, you know, be open to it, let it come to you and, you know, see what happens. So. (laughs) Yeah, man, most definitely, most definitely. Um, But it's just, yeah, man, it's just, relationships it's just so like weird i feel like you know on top of everything i feel like really focusing on yourself really should be like you know on on top of everything not even being on an individual individualistic side it's like really just focusing on just trying to be the best version of yourself being as educated as you can and but also not even just being educated as you can but also being like the type to just just work on your body work on yourself spiritually uh, spiritually, emotionally, really like take the time and effort to really build uh, the type of person like, you know, that your your partner will want to like, you know, be with on a long term perspective and everything. So it's just it's just one of those things, man. It's just you really just got to work on yourself. And that just goes for everything. I know it's like, you know, it's just but one thing I like, I feel like it's just I feel like that really sucks about relationships nowadays. It's just like the lack of communication. Like there's so many different ways you contact a person whether by phone call text social media and everything like there's so many ways you can contact a person and really like really touch base with them on anything yet it seems like this generation seems to struggle the most in terms of just really like you know really filtering out like what it is that they feel how they feel what they feel why they feel this way you know really really like connecting with the person on a communicative uh like uh, stance and everything it's just like that that's one of my lot my, my uh, love languages is like words of affirmation and everything once I hear that it's just like that I'm, I'm reassured and everything once I'm reassured about just anything and everything like I'm good and everything like you know quality time wise yeah that's also pretty good but those words of information really communicating with me like really to really know where we stand and you know what our future is and stuff of that nature it's just what what we need to do what I need to work on you know, stuff like that, that really helps me, like, really, like, idealize, like, you know, like, the relationship, you know, uh, on a, on a realistic, you know, uh, a stance, you know, it's just, it's just, I just feel like there's so many situations where things could have, like, changed, or probably could have gotten better had people not miscommunicated, and people really, 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 like, really were on the same page, but that's just how life is. Yeah, that's very true, and I agree with you. Like my, I would say one of my main love languages for sure is words of affirmation, because like you said, you know, it's, it feels good to receive that. And once you receive it, you're, you're clear, like you're good. You don't have to worry about anything else. And so that also stops you from overthinking and making all these like assumptions and going crazy, like, Oh my God, what if this is happening? What if that is happening? And you know, that goes for anything. It, it's the whole, it's the whole, like, you know, those memes are like, um, when people say like, Oh, I need to talk to you or I need to tell you something later. And mm-hmm. then you're, you're spending the rest of the day having anxiety about it. Like, Oh my God, what is it? What do you need to tell me? It's like that. So having that reassurance, having 
open communication is so important. And it's so ironic to me that we have so many lines of communication, yet people are still unable to do it. That's just crazy to me. I feel like it also comes with just, you know, like, you know, it just really comes down to just, you know, maturity also. Like, I feel like the more mature you mm-hmm. are, the more you're capable of like, a, oh, snap. So, do you hear any music playing in the background? No, I don't. All right, cool. It's like, so I got family here. Like, I don't know. They're just, they're having a meeting. I, I don't know. So anyway, it's just, yeah, it's just, yeah, man. It's just, I feel like maturity plays a big role into that. I feel like people just learn more how to like gossip and everything and talk all types of mess, but they don't know how to like really, like really touch base on like, what is it they want to do? What do they want to get out of life? You know, stuff of that nature, you know? And it's just like, it's kind of pathetic because it's just like, you know, it's just like, I feel like this generation has a lot of potential to really reverse a lot of the traumas and toxicity that happens in the past generations. But if we're not willing to really take that step to really work on ourselves and really idealize what the issues that, um, that we need to focus on the real issues, instead of just blaming it on this or blaming it on that, and then trying to compete against each other, then we can actually, we could really, really like actually like, you know, break a lot of these talk toxic uh, cycles but it all comes down to the root of like why do we do the things that we do you know so it's just it's just just stuff of that nature um but we have to if we have to like speak about things like spirituality kind of we mentioned about like you know spirituality and um and uh what it's done for us i know you mentioned it just like you you use uh words of affirmation Mm -hmm. or something or no no words of assumption you you make assumption you assume that everything's gonna be all right and like that's that's, yes yes it all works on your it's Exactly. It's the law of assumption. So making sure that your dominant beliefs are, you know, benefiting you because the law of assumption is like everything that you think is it's manifesting. Now, obviously, some things manifest faster than others and you're thinking all day anyway. So why not think in terms of, you know, think in a way that benefits you rather than spiraling and overthinking. Um, and you know, if you try it, you can really truly see a difference if you, you know, stay true to your like, um, mindset of whatever it is that you decide that you want, you know, if you decide that you're like an ex, a certain quality and your thoughts align with that, like you're thinking in terms of the person who would, like, you're thinking the thoughts of the person who would think. (laughs) the thoughts that if they were like that you know what I mean so like um if you thought that you were rich Mm -hmm. if you wanted to be rich you wouldn't be thinking like a poor person you wouldn't be thinking like oh my god I need to like oh my god I I never have enough or I never this doesn't work for me or that doesn't work for me obviously like you should be realistic like pay your bills and go to your job (laughs) but like you want to be thinking more in a in a abundant mindset where like you think like wow I always have so much I always have more than enough I always have more money than I know what to do with if you're always thinking those type of thoughts then you're you will keep you know bringing those uh experiences into your into your reality which is really awesome so if it's on the opposite side where you're like oh my god i can never save anything then that's when you find a random random expenses start to show up or someone maybe needed help so you have to throw them some money um so on and so forth so it's really important it's all about your mindset really you get to decide who you are 
and there are no limits there are absolutely no limitations in whatever it is like you know it's law of assumption is very much based on multiverse theory in the way that there are multiple timelines moving at the same time and if you can desire something it does exist because you couldn't desire it if it wasn't already happening so if you want to be in a certain timeline you just got to shift into it and the way you shift into it is just adjusting your mindset just thinking in that way think like the person who has the thing that you already want and then there you go you can easily move into it um a lot of it is believing if you can believe it if you believe in whatever, um, like you don't even have to believe whatever you're telling yourself. You just have to believe that manifestation works. If you don't believe manifestation works, then maybe that's step one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, that's basically the gist of it. And it's, it's really lovely, honestly, because like, if there's something out there that can inspire you to change your mindset to think just good thoughts like about yourself or whatever it is you want like why wouldn't you want to do it anyway whether you believe in manifestation or not like it's just a beautiful thing to explore and to experience mm-hmm. oh yeah no most definitely man manifestation it's really something that I really want to tap into like frequency wise and everything. What I do is I like to script manifest. I like to like write down certain things that I want to happen in life and everything or certain goals and everything. Uh, one, another thing I like to do, like I like to do vision boards and everything. I got like probably four vision boards on my wall right now. Um, <laughs> one vision board representing everything I want to have, everything I want to be and uh, everything I want to do and I have done. Uh, just to kind of like, you know, really put it out in the universe and everything. So it's just like a lot of these things couldn't don't have to be things that like I have like in hand or like to have exactly, but just have it to a certain degree. You know what I mean? It's just, it's yes. just that. so it's just like, you know, um, things I want to have, like if I were to discuss like what's on that one, because it's like it's literally right here. It's like things like, OK, like money. That's one thing. Uh, I put a bunch of this, like a picture, like a bunch of smiley faces crumpled up together. I know to represent happiness, uh, things to represent respect, courage, good luck. Um, it's just like, and on each of my vision boards, I have a picture of like one of my favorite rappers or, you know, like performing in front of a large crowd because, you know, that's what I see. Like, you know, that's what I want to be. That's what I want to have. And that's what I want to do. So it just goes on from things like, you know, businesses I want to uh run and just like the types of historical figures and everything i look up to and just you know just trying to like emulate them to some certain degree and it's just it's just stuff like that you know i just feel like you know this is positivity is definitely a frequency you gotta tap into but it's like you know for things to happen in real life you have to really like you know put the put it out there and stuff of that nature so it's just like you know i just like that whole concept of manifestation it's just like so it's like you know i feel like when i write things down also like with script manifesting also it also just gives me like like not like a sense of power power but just like you know like just something that just kind of like puts you in that mindset as you're writing it down like you know like it could really be real it could be something like it really happened for me as long as i apply myself yes i like that I love like I'm one of those people who really loves um, like journals and notebooks, pencils, pens, like fun pens, colorful ones. So the more energy and effort you put into that kind of stuff, the more it helps you. And something valuable that I've learned from all these techniques, like scripting, visualizing, vision boards, um, 
is that these are all tools that help boost your own power. So you're not wrong when you say like you feel powerful because you are. And these things are tools that help you realize your power and come into it. And if you do them regularly, you get into that mindset. And some people script so beautifully, like they script in the way like they script every night and they're like, they talk about their day, like top to bottom, even though maybe in the reality, the physical reality, that's not how it went. They are like moving their mind into this, into this reality that they can envision, like uh, maybe a typical day or it's Sunday today. So they'll talk about like how their Sunday looked and they're talking from the viewpoint of like whatever they're trying to manifest, like if they're trying to ma manifest like a, a dream career. So it's like, how are you spending your day off today and spending all that money? Where did you go? What did you buy? What did you eat? Who did you see? Like all of that. And it's really, really beautiful and fun. And honestly, these are so fun and heartwarming to go back and read. And also even better because when you receive your manifestation, sometimes you go back on all your scripts from like years ago or months ago and you're like oh my god I got it it's like a victory it's like oh my god I got what I wanted like I you always had what you wanted you just you're seeing it in front of you now and that's the beautiful part of it too so um but something else is like you don't ever need anything extra to manifest which is awesome and as long as when you do these types of techniques it's also just as important to keep your mindset when you're not doing the technique in, in the same zone as you were when you were doing like whatever you were doing. And that'll bring it to you even faster and help you align with it more. Because in the past, like what I've seen is like, if I, written, if I had written something down on a piece of paper and then forgot about it and spent the rest of my day thinking actively against it, then obviously I didn't get it because... I wrote it down once, but then my entire mindset for the rest of the day, weeks, months, whatever was in a different spot. It was not aligned with that. So, you know, that wasn't the best thing. So maybe, maybe scripting more often for me should be something I should aim to do. So I, I can keep myself grounded in that way. I was addicted actually to scripting at one point because I had ordered these really beautiful felt tip pens from Amazon. They were all these adorable colors that I really liked. And so I was like scripting morning, afternoon and night. And I just felt so good 24 seven. Yeah, man, it's, it's really, really is wonderful, man. Like sometimes I like to break it apart, you know, like sometimes like I would try to like, you know, pick a number, like maybe, maybe nine bullet points of things I want, like if it's like relationship wise, career wise, finance wise, and sometimes like it would just be a good way. Or sometimes I would start writing like I am or I have or I will, or not I will, but I, I am, I have, or, you know, this, you know, I do. And then all this stuff, you know, cause it's like, it really raises up your frequency if you like really speak it like as like, I do already have this or I do this or this has happened. You know, and it's just things mm -hmm. of that nature. Um, but back on spirituality, have you ever gone to a tarot reading that was just like really, really, you know, just like spooky kind of like, uh, oh wow, like how they figure something like that out? Have you ever had like experience like that? Yes, I have. I I adore tarot readers. Um, there are tons that are like, you know, just getting started. I guess so. They're not. They tend not to be very. Tend to not be very accurate. But um, there are like a few that I've gone to in the past that were amazingly accurate 
and um, some which I go to periodically if I need, if I feel like I'm out of sorts and I really want the guidance. But something I've learned from tarot is um, they can tell you like the future or like they can tell you the outcome of the like mindset or decision you're on right now. But as soon as you change your mind, that whole thing changes. And there's never only one set outcome to one type of decision or mindset. So whatever, I guess is like your dominant thoughts, like that's what they can pick up. So it's, it's interesting. Like if you notice, um, that a reader is very, very accurate, or they pick up things very deep down that you consciously didn't realize you were doing, but you kind of did. Um, and they bring it out and tell you <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Um, I really do want to go to a like psychic one day, like there is one in my town. They charge like 80 bucks an hour or something crazy like that. Yeah. Um, I want to experience that. But tarot readers, I do have a dear friend, one of my closest friends. She um, started reading tarot maybe a year ago. And she gave me a reading, um, I think back in December. And it was crazy accurate, crazy cool. So um, she gave one to one of our other friends too. And it was accurate for her. So, you know, I, I adored tarot readers I mean they're so talented and so gifted I'm I wish I could do that <laughs> yeah man it's so crazy because like there was this one person I went to and like, like he got like a whole lot of great reviews like oh wow I couldn't believe that he knew this and blah 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 so I'm like okay I'm gonna just try him out and see what's up and see what's going on and everything so it's like I was just so I just asked some questions because like you know uh, I was very concerned about a whole lot of things this is like back in early 2021 and things of that nature. I need to go to him again very soon because it's just like he was just he was just scary accurate and everything. So it's just like, you know, um just to test them out. I had like a list of females uh that I knew like from my past and everything and who I interacted with, just just to kind of test them out of like basically what like you know just uh, who they were or what, what was up with them and everything. And it's like I asked about this one girl's like, oh yeah, this this girl like was really she really had like oh not a whole lot of confidence in herself and I'm like wow like she kind of was but it's like you know I'd be I was kind of skeptical of the in the back of my mom was like yeah but everyone's kind of unconfident at times like what about this one it's like oh yeah this girl's kind of childish and I'm like what like she was like okay like but we're all kind of childish like oh this one's kind of depressed it's like well we're all kind of depressed too there was this one girl I asked about that wasn't even on the list and everything and uh and it was the same like um oh this girl puts you through a whole lot of mental abuse and i'm like oh my god it's like they no way you could have just guessed it all like you know right right for right for right like you know over and over again so then i went deeper into like asking them questions about my future and everything you know whether if i was going to be like successful whether if i was going to be like doing this that and the third you know it's just whether if i was going to get married one day whether if i was going to have children one day and one of the main things I always ask, I always ask because I always want to be like a, I don't want to say like a figure, like for my, for my people in the Liberian community, but I just wanted to be like somebody, um, you know, like, will I be able to lead them? Notable. Yeah, not, not even notable. I don't care about being notable. I just want to be someone that's just like, that would really like, you know, like really help my people be of someone that would really be of service to my people, you know, really, you know, really help them be on their way. And it's like, you know, every, every spiritual God I go to always reassures that like, you know, that was really going to happen one day. So it's like, you know, that's, that's me. That's one of my main focuses in life. 
uh, moving forward and everything. You know, I'm in my twenties, but I, I one day want to groom myself to being somebody that, you know, my community can rely on when they need something, you know, and that's just, that's just one of the things I want to push forward. So, yeah. And it's just, I, that was just my experiences with like spiritual, with like uh, tarot readers and psychics and stuff of that nature. And I still try to keep going to them. I don't know why. I just, I just, I just get to hear that. I guess it comes back to the whole like uh, words of affirmation. So I just need that reassurance, you know? So 100%. Yeah. I can, I can definitely relate to that. Is, you know, it, it feels really nice. They do give you a lot of reassurance and really, really sweet ones will, they're so non-judgmental and they'll give you some good advice. Like, Hey, like I suggest, you know, try doing this or maybe get a hold of this or, um, write, write whatever it is that you want on a piece of paper. It'll help you or, you know, something like that. It's just so beautiful. Um, you know, later on, like after our interview, um, I can, I can send you, like, we can definitely exchange who we go to and maybe I can try out a new tarot reader. <laughs> I think just a call, dude, or whatever, it might cost a little bit more, though. Like, I know, he, I, think, I think he does $120 an hour, like, the dude I'm talking oh, about. Oh, I see. Yeah, so it's a oh, lot. Okay. And everything, but it's just it is what it is. But I know we spoke about mm-hmm. the whole moderation. And we had to speak about your heritage and everything of that nature. I know, like, you're Indian. Um, would you describe so like Southern Indian or Northern Indian or it's like, where, where is your, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I am Northern Indian. So my parents are from a state called Punjab and um, it's so cool because like, like India is, a, it, it's such a, it's such a large country and, you know, it's so diverse because every single state has like its own food, its own, its own music, its own dances, its own language. Um, so it's like, two Indian people can never really relate well because the culture between states is just drastically different. Um, so it's pretty cool. I, um, so Punjabi people are, we're known to be like the party animals. Um, we like to, you know, get lit, have a good time. And another thing about Punjabi people is like, we're, we're loud. Um, and so it's like, if you're ever in a Punjabi household, you'll know because everyone is just, it, it sounds like everyone's arguing, but they're not, they're just talking at their regular volume. They're just being loud as loud as hell. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's just, it's a really fun culture. Um, Punjabi people are oh, so funny. Hold on one second. Usually. Hold up. Okay. Hold up. Okay. My bad. It's like, I think someone's like that. Let me just pause the recording right quick. Okay. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> We've been re- we've been doing this episode for a couple of days, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Um. So on the topic of heritage and everything, I know you're speaking about like the Punjabi people, uh, the people which you have uh, pretty much uh, come from, um, and everything of that nature. I know you're speaking on the matters of the Punjabi people being uh, folk that are very uh, noisy or party animals. Is that is that was the basis of where you were at last time? Yeah, like just like to have fun and like to party and just being loud and you know it's uh, always a good vibe okay is it true like in the in um in bollywood movies and stuff like it, they always have like people dancing at the end of every movie like i guess i don't it's just like it's kind of like a musical in a way but it's not because the actors aren't actually singers as well, but it's, they're just songs that push the story through. So you'll see a lot of songs throughout 
the movie. Some involve dancing, some don't. Depends on the nature of the movie. Definitely older movies, like 2000s, 90s movies, have a heavy emphasis, but maybe not so much these days. I honestly don't really watch the newer movies. I like the old Bollywood, or like when it was at its absolute peak, like 90s, 2000s. That's my favorite time period, so that's what I watch the most. And that's true in, in those movies, I guess. <laughs> well, that's nice. You know, I, I think in West Africa, we got our own kind of movies, too. We kind of have them, like, soap opera-like also and everything. Uh, they're kind of like, they kind of look more like YouTube quality and everything. But they got, I feel like production-wise, I feel like they're pretty solid and everything, you know. So it's just like, you know, it's just, so, you know, we got our own, like, kind of culture of, like, you know, movies, too. I, I think you ever heard of, like, Nollywood, that's Nigeria, I think. But it's like, it's somewhere on the lines of that. Uh, overall, that's that. All right. I can party I, <laughs> I remember seeing the, there was the meme that was going around for a while. It was like, the guy is like, oh my God, wow. <laughs> Over the, like, yeah, the, the reaction to the. Oh yeah, yeah. That's one of the movies. That's what I, oh my <laughs> God, wow. <laughs> yeah. Me and my friends still reference that. And I know that it was like, what, 2016? 17 when that was like a funny popular meme but me and my friends still like reference it with each other it's so funny but you know I just I really I love seeing movies like uh, the meme was going around then I don't know when the movie was popular or when it first came out but you know that's another reason why watching movies from other cultures is so great because like you know it's it could have been meant to be funny and it's just funny to the, to the entire audience. So it's, it's lovely for sure. But um, one thing I will say on that is sometimes like if people are like, Oh, I watched this Bollywood movie. And I was like, they tell me the name I was like, I've never heard of that. And then you watch it and it's like really not the best representation of a movie that you're going to, you should watch if you're going to watch a Bollywood movie, you know? So it's like, you know, that, that part also sucks. So I would say, like, if you're going to watch a movie, you should definitely look up what was the most popular and, you know, famous movie that really captured everyone's hearts and watch that one. Don't watch that, like, smaller stuff that didn't really make it or didn't do well or that flopped over, you know, in the area, so... Mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's crazy how like films is like could be uh, usurped into like meme culture and everything that's one thing i appreciate about meme culture because i'd be knowing like a couple like the actors and everything like the really uh you know the little boy uh african kid boy or whatever that you'd be seeing uh in the in the memes uh from time to time like i i think maybe you might have seen him but i'm not really sure or whatnot because it's like you know I don't really know his actor name. For, I've, I've actually seen a couple of his movies and everything. Um, but it's like, it's like, a, you know what I'm talking about? It's like the really short uh, African kid that kind of be popping up in the memes from time to time. Does any of this uh, ring a bell for you? I don't think so. Is there like a, a meme? Like, is there something that he's saying or something that might be able, that I can like identify? There's a lot of... <laughs> There actually is a lot. I don't know. Maybe oh I can probably send you a picture or whatever. I think because okay. it's just like, I, I'm I, actually because it's just, I, I don't know. I, we, we might have to pause this for a little bit. Let's pause this for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like I have to look now. I just like, you know, yeah, it's just, I don't know. 
I did not find it, ladies and gentlemen, but it's fine. It, it, it's whatever. But it, it, I feel like it brings a whole lot of the uh, a whole lot of eyes to like um, uh, different cultures and everything, like things that you never thought you'd ever see um, uh, would actually like you know pop up in meme culture because it's just there's such a absurdity that comes with like the randomness with the uh, meme cultures. Like, oh, where's that reference come from? And like so on and so forth. But if we had to speak more on like heritage and things of that nature. Um, when you realize that you're like partially like Italian and things of that nature, like how, how did it come to a, how, how'd you feel about that? Honestly made a lot of sense. <laughs> um, I, I love Italian food and my favorite foods are always like pizza, pasta. And this is not even to be like stereotypical. It's just like watching videos. Like I started watching videos of like Italian cooking and, you know, pasta is a huge part of their culture and it's just beautiful. And it's, it's so cool to see like how you've, you have these certain tastes, these certain things that you just love on your own. And then you find out sort of that like, okay, it's, it's kind of in my blood to love this <laughs> in a way. Um, when we were younger, my dad we like we would all go together and like every Sunday this is like before we started working but every Sunday we like we would have pizza we have you know like it, it was just like pizza from like a different area like a different like shop or a different store or we would try local ones in different areas and so that was fun and that was like our our little tradition and it was it was amazing you know and now looking back on that after finding out, you know, I don't know, maybe like, like almost 10 years later when that tradition hasn't really been kept going, um, it's interesting to see like, oh, okay, like there's, now I, I feel like a connection kind of back to it. And it's, it's really nice. Now, I'm not like a giant shocking percentage of Italian. It was something very small. I don't remember what it was, but it is something different than what I've always known. And so, you know, it's kind of cool. Like you have another layer of yourself. Um, I know some people have a total identity crisis when it comes to taking these uh, 23andMe ancestry tests, but thankfully that wasn't the case for us, but you know. It was nice either way. And I would love to visit. And, you know, there are a lot of different parts of Italy, but the part that we're from is Sardinia. And it's like, I think, a larger island in off the coast of Italy. So in the Mediterranean. Oh, Ardenia. What's up with Ardenia? Like, it's just like... Sardinia. Sardinia. Okay, um, like sardines? Or is it just like... Yeah, it's like... As I, like in... I think it, it is pronounced Sardinia because I was watching an Italian chef and he was making all different types of pastas that are famous in different parts of the country. And so he was, he had a whole segment on Sardinia. And so Sardinia is an island that people travel to. It's like, you know, Sicily is an island. And so Sardinia is like the bigger one. And, you know, people travel to, it's really beautiful, blue waters, and it's just a gorgeous, slow, sleepy island. And you know, it's pretty. I, I definitely want to visit. Um, it's a, I think cruise ships, when they go to the Mediterranean, Spain, Italy, uh, Spain, Italy, and somewhere else. Um, I have, I had a friend who went to a cruise that was Spain, Italy, in another country. They definitely do take you um, around those coastal um, 
regions. So it's cool. <laughs> I honestly don't know too, too much about it, but like um, there was a beautiful uh, legend that the people inhabited on Sardinia originally are like the children of Hercules. And I was like, oh, let's go. Cause you know, if, if you know me at all, you know that I love like Greek Roman gods and you know, they, they're a huge part of my style and aesthetic and what I like, you know. That's cool. Actually, so, I really like uh, Greek mythology and Roman mythology also. You do? Yeah, I, I feel like my, I think it started with me, like, well, I used to play God of War, like, growing up, like, on PlayStation, and then mm -hmm. uh, I think it was just, like, watching Hercules on Disney's Hercules, so it's just, like, you know, you just felt more like, uh, plus when they would teach it in school, it would be so interesting and everything. Yes. Like, it was, like, like, how, like, the myth of, like, how, like, to explain seasons, like, I know you heard about the myth about a Persephone and a Demeter and a Hades and stuff, right? Yes, yeah, it's, it's so lovely to hear, like, a cause and effect thing, you know, of, uh, yeah, like of, of a lot of things that we experience, you know? Yeah, I really like how it's like they use it to like explain certain things, like the whole relationship with Demeter and Persephone and Hades explains how like seasons are and how seasons go about. And it's like, you know, there's a funny myth, myth about like how like, you know, people are like uh, a darker skin in Africa because uh, they thought it was because of that, because um uh, the son of Helios uh, took his... Uh, his chariot and like went in for a joy ride and then it just like it kind of like brought the sun closer to the earth than it needed to be and that's why they're like darker skins and everything so I thought, <laughs> that was pretty, I thought it was pretty I thought it was just there's just so many things that's uh pretty cool about uh, uh Greek mythology and stuff of that nature like it's always so intriguing and like you know it just makes you want to dwell deeper deeper into it so it's like yeah oh yeah and I have this really really um good greek myths book and i started reading it i would read one chapter a day and it was so nice i stopped reading it but i really want to get back into it i would say my favorite one is how um i think if i'm not mistaken it was like how they told chronos that one of his children would kill him so he ate them um <laughs> i think the one he didn't eat was zeus mm -hmm. i think so Yes. And so I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I love these, these stories and also how they directly relate to like Zodiac and constellations and astrology. It's just so lovely to see that connection. And, um, you know, one, like I'm a Gemini. And so one Greek god that I've always loved was Hermes. And he is the equivalent of Mercury, who is the ruler of Gemini. And I loved it so much that I ordered a handmade Greek statue from this woman in Greece. And it took forever to get to me, but it's the most beautiful statue ever, like that I've seen. <laughs> and um, I keep it on my bedside table. That's so cool. it's really lovely. And you know, what's also interesting about that is Hermes is like known for mail, communication, short distance traveling, that kind of stuff. And intuitively, I kept him on my bedside table. And I also learned that he is the bringer of dreams. Like he would bring dreams to humans. And it was like, cool. Cause like when I first, like, I've always had pretty good, I've always been like a consistent dreamer, like at night when I sleep. But I felt like my dreams were even better after I got him. 
Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I, I'm an Aquarius. And I think what rules mine is like Saturn and Uranus. So I think that's Kronos yeah. and uh, Uranus. I, I think, yeah, I think those are my rulers of my uh, sign or whatever. So it's like, yeah, there's that and things of that nature. So it's like, yeah, there's just so many different myths and everything that just make it so like intriguing. Like, I know you heard about the one of, uh, of Narcissus, I think. Or, I love that one. But yeah, that's the one, one of my favorites. Yeah, like and what, was the girl, what was the girl's name? Uh, Echo, I think. Yeah, yeah, and she, yeah, she liked him, and she wanted to turn him into a god so she could marry him, and then he fell in love with himself. <laughs> yeah, and, he, and, and, his, and he, he would hang his head over like the water, and that's like where the narcissist plant or something comes from, like the whole. Yeah, 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 and it was kind of crazy how it ended because it, it felt a little extreme how he's like. I think he realized because as him, he would never be able to marry himself. He, he just killed himself. And I was like, oh, God. But, you know, it's, it's a really lovely story. And um, it's, it's lovely in the way that it shows a lot about human nature. Because he was just a human. So, um, you know, narcissism. <laughs> it's yeah, pretty basically cool. showing the, the whole grandiose sense of just, he, he just loved himself way too much. And what I love about like religions that have multiple gods is that every deity or god has one very extreme trait and you get to explore that one side thoroughly with this one figure. And that's just so cool because otherwise if you have a complex god goddess um who has a lot of different sides to their personality then it's like, okay, you can relate naturally because everyone is like that. But seeing one representation of one type of quality is, it's really cool. It really makes you, you know, it's like shadow work in a way. You can really get under there and see what's, what's the issue and what isn't, you know? So I've always appreciated that. And it always shows like sides of like human nature and stuff of that nature. It's just stuff that's just the potency that comes like, you know, stuff like desire, vengeance, hatred, greed and stuff in that nature. Like, like these gods mm-hmm. were like seen as like all perfect, or all righteous. They're just powerful and everything. And so it just kind of reflects nature to a certain degree too. how nature can be kind of, there could be a sense of perversion to nature and there's a sense of like balance to nature too. Um, you know, and it's just, I just thought that was pretty cool with it also. Like, you know, like with like Aphrodite and like her affair with uh, Aries, you know, since she was like married to like, uh, what's this, what's the dude's name? Hephaestus, yeah. And everything mm-hmm. it's just like, you know, there's just the dynamics with that too. It's just like, wow, even gods can even have like marital problems. Like, man. Yeah, it becomes more relatable. And that's so that's so cool. Like you feel, you know, in 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 some cultures, I feel like people may feel more distant to God and some may feel closer to God. When you have these very um I, I mean I'm not saying it's okay, but when you have these figures that represent these emotions or turmoils or situations that you've gone through yourself, it does make you feel like a little bit less maybe bad. If you feel like this inner conflict where I'm such a terrible person because I feel this way. Well, I don't know if you are because this God is God. Mm. Went through the same thing, you know. 
Yeah, no, for real though. And it's just like one myth I, I really, really liked it. Yeah, like one that I just I just always remember because it's like they never really because as I was growing up, I always wonder like how did Medusa ever come to be like herself and everything? And it was like it was just sad how she, at one point she was just like a like a priestess, I think, under the temple mm-hmm. of Athena. And like, you know, Poseidon just out of nowhere just straight up violated her all types of ways. And, like, she got punished for being violated by God, by Athena, which was, like, crazy. But I was just reflecting of, like, the rules at the time, you know? It's just, like, you know, she was seen as the one that was the bad, or even though it was just, like, a literal God, you know, being your, you know, abuser and everything. And it's just, like, she basically was turned into a monster and stuff of that nature. So it's just, like, you know, that that whole Medusa's head image is used by a lot of groups uh, who are against, like, a rape or sexual assault and everything, I think. And it's just, like, you know, it's just, it's just, just, like, what it represents is kind of, like, it's kind of crazy. You know, it's just, I, I found it, like, immensely interesting. It's Me crazy. too. <laughs> I've like always sort of admired her because I thought she was so like badass and everything to the point where I, um, I was, and I still am making a project that's inspired by her, but I was not going to call it Medusa. I was going to call it by her. Um, I was going to call it something else, but it's inspired by her. Mm. And um, I just, you know, I love it. And, you know, speaking of the symbolism, her Medusa's head is also used as the main logo for Versace. Mm. And that's another reason why I was so drawn to that brand is like, I love the, the Greek god aesthetic here. And, you know, to choose Medusa, she's like, you know, a brand who's like about fashion, beauty, luxury. They would choose, you know, ne- like intuitively, maybe would choose Aphrodite like anyone else. Like, oh, the goddess of beauty. And, you know, she, she Aphrodite is Venus. And, you know, luxury, beauty, style, perfume, makeup, that's all Venus-related stuff. So naturally, I feel like a brand should choose that. But them choosing Medusa has a different, it gives a brand a different meaning. And, you know, I just, I just love the embrace there. Oh, yeah, no, most definitely. Like, seriously, it just goes on and on. Uh, one of my, the most famous, like, uh, I think, mytholo- I think uh, Greek mythology or is the one that I'm, I'm really, is the one that really, really got me into mythology. It's just uh, the story of Hercules and the, and the 12 uh, labors and stuff of that nature. One thing I really didn't expect, I didn't expect like the main villain to be Hera and everything. Like that, that kind of blew, like I'd be thinking it would be like the Disney movie and so it would be like, oh, like Hades was the bad guy in this story. But it was like, no, like it was, the, it was the, I didn't even realize that Hercules wasn't even Hera's like son or I mean, it was actually just another child that Zeus had because Zeus wasn't very faithful. So it was just like, you know, but it was like Hera would take it out on the kids. And I was like, I just thought that was crazy. But then like eventually he found his way out to Olympus and, I, and after he did all the 12 labors and stuff. And I was just, I thought that was pretty cool too, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I really do like that. Um, one thing about the, the stories that I constantly... It, that just amazes me all the time is I feel like there's one or not one, but just a few characters who we accept are like the bad guy. And so naturally everything gets dumped on them when, and when you do that, then you sort of gloss over 
anybody else because you're like, oh, well, this is the bad guy. So naturally, everybody's going to go and dump everything on this, this person and think that everyone is, that this person is behind it or whatever. And that's how you miss, you know, I guess lesser villains, <laughs> like, uh, like how you were saying. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Is there any, like, uh, Hindu gods that you might be uh, familiar with? Like, maybe Vishnu or Shiva or, uh, yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not too familiar with them. I just know that Vishnu is a, the preserver, I think. Is Shiva, though, a destroyer one? Yes, yes, um, he is. And I, I honestly love our stories, too, because they, like, directly correlate with astrology and even some types of, like, like astronomical type of things. So I'll say it, I'll mention it in a second, but yeah, um, Vishnu is the preserver, maintainer of like, so this is where rules and regulations come to preserve um, what has been already created. And then destruction comes when it's just not working anymore. So it's really, really beautiful and en enlightening. But one, one story that I absolutely love is the story of Rahu and Ketu. You may have heard of these. Um, in astrology, Rahu is known as the North Node. Ketu is known as the South Node. So basically, this was a demon who wanted to drink this like nectar or juice that comes from the ocean that gives a physical body immortality. That's what he wanted. And so the gods, there were a bunch, they needed help to get this nectar out of the ocean. And so some demons helped them. And they're like, well, we want some of it too. And they're like, okay, sure. But they weren't going to give it to them because if you have a bunch of immortal demons, like, oh, that would wreak havoc everywhere. So they were like, oh, no, we're really not going to give it to them, but we'll tell them that we are. So once they pulled it out, they were all taking turns drinking from it. Gods were going first. Demons will get the chance later. And so this demon, his name is Rahu Ketu. It's all one word for now. He noticed that they were drinking way too much. Each god was drinking way too much. So by the time he reached the demons, there was not going to be any left. So he disguised himself as a god. He changed his form um, because this demon is a demon of illusion. And he changed his form, snuck in between the sun and the moon so that when the sun would pass it, pass the jug, he, he thinks the moon is next to him. But in, in reality, it was actually Rahu Ketu who was disguised as a, a god next to him now. So he passed it, he drank from it, he started drinking from him. Then the moon saw and he snitched. And he was like, oh my God, that's, that's who is he? Like, we don't know him. And um, Vishnu, who is the preserver, saw. And you know how in one finger he has a discus like floating. It's a sharp blade. He um, swung it towards him to cut off his head. And the head did come off but he didn't die because he drank enough to become immortal. But now his head was separated from his body. So the head became Rahu, the body became Ketu. And because he was pissed, he said to the moon, 
I'm going to eat you for revenge. So this is why every six months we have an eclipse <laughs> because that's him trying to get back. So it's either him trying to quote, eat the moon or trying to eat the sun, which gives moon its energy. So that's that. <laughs> it's a really um, uh, cool really story. Deep. That's crazy. It I really didn't think, like I didn't think Hindu. Like, I knew Hindu got deep like that because it's just like I had so many gods for everything. You got Ganesha, Shiva, uh, Vishnu, Brahma, Hanuman, and uh, it goes on and on from there. <laughs> but it's yeah, like, it's nice. just. I know the stories is just like, oh my God. And so um, if we go even further in astrology, um, every single zodiac sign is broken up into little sections and each little section is ruled by a different planet or deity. And the ones that are ruled by Rahu, these, um, Rahu is all about obsession um, so he is all about pooling energy from people. So people who have a Rahu ruled like moon, for instance, the moon is the most important part of a birth chart in Vedic astrology. Um, these people who have a Rahu ruled moon, like me, <laughs> for instance, they tend to be very obsessive people themselves, but also tend to be quite um, well-known or famous because they just carry that energy wisdom that draws people in so some really really famous people have these robert pattinson for instance people are obsessed with him margot robbie has this um elizabeth taylor sophia loren um i could go on and on stephen tyler like a lot of um really legendary people have at least some type of rahu even k2 ruled um you know, moon, sun, moon, or rising, but usually moon. So it's really interesting because it's, it's doing its job, pooling energy, which is what it was trying, what it tries to do with the moon and the sun. So it even goes all the way down to that. And there's like a lot of like, um, there's like a lot of research that has been done to kind of show how this manifests in our physical world. And so if you're ever interested, just look it up and it's, it's really enlightening. That is crazy! Wow. Yeah. So it's just like, is there? Is it? What's the? What's the Aquarius equivalent to like, um, freaking, uh, you know, like, like the whole Hindu zodiac? Like, it's just like I know there has to be like one Hindu god that rules for each zodiac, right? Kind of. I don't remember who Aquarius is. Usually, goddesses. Um, because all of so the sections of each zodiac sign that I was talking about, mm -hmm. there are 27 total. And each one is, uh, the moon um, in Hinduism is a, is a man. And each uh, little section of the zodiac is one of his wives. So each section is ruled by a female goddess. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. So, um, but they also have like a co-deity. So like for mine, I also, I have, you know, I'm a Rahu ruled moon, but also my moon is ruled by um, Rudra, who is the angry form of Lord Shiva. So it goes into that. Like, I have to actually see your chart to see, like, the degree where your moon falls to see what that translates to. It's, it's like really nitty gritty. 
but it's it's very insightful if you find out it's like okay damn like <laughs> I thought knowing my big three helped me with everything and you know astrology is one of those things is like it's a gift that doesn't stop giving and you learn more and more every every time you look something up so we can definitely find out at some point for you Oh, seriously, man. We've been talking for a lot for like the past couple of days and stuff. So your episode might be like the longest, I think. Ain't nothing wrong with it, though. <laughs> I'm just like, wow, because yeah, there's so many things going into like having to like, you know, from the questions, like different subject matters and everything. But I feel like <laughs> we could definitely do this again, like maybe for season three, most definitely. Hell yeah, <laughs> we totally can. Oh, and also just to add on to it, you're in, uh, one more thing is, that's that's interesting, right. is like, it's, um, you're in Vedic astrology. It's like a lot of people who have the same section of the zodiac sign that rules, that's like their moon sign, um, have very similar features, like physical features, appearance wise. <laughs> so it's gotten to the point where I can look at someone on the street and spot like one of my own. I'm like, oh, they're definitely a blank you know that's definitely a rahu ruled person or a celebrity and i'm like okay and then i look it up if it's a celebrity i'm like ah, i was right <laughs> so it's it's pretty cool it's really insightful so we can definitely chop it up with that another time oh so what you can tell like somebody's moon sign could actually determine like how they look or something like that yeah because the moon is all about the body mm. um yeah and it, it's like it, it represents your mind. So your body is usually a reflection of your mind. That's that's the way they look at it. Oh, uh, my moon sign is Libra, I think. Yeah, Ooh. Libra, moon. I think I got a Libra moon and Libra rising. Oh, you're a super air sign. You know, in um, Vedic astrology, it's usually pushed back because um, of, like, the positions in the sky. So, like, you know, in, in Western astrology, I'm a Gemini sun, Scorpio rising, and cancer moon but in vedic astrology i'm a taurus sun libra rising and gemini moon <laughs> yeah, so um so because we look at like the sections of the zodiac those mm -hmm. still stay the same so it's not like i'm a taurus in vedic astrology and that's a completely different sign than gemini it's not like oh well then the astrology is so inconsistent as bullshit like no we're looking at the nitty-gritty so it, it actually does translate to the same thing because you're looking at the nitty-gritty <laughs> Mm, oh no most definitely no seriously there's just so many different dimensions to like culture mytho mythology mythology i say mythologically mythology and like zodiac signs mythology culture and everything you can go on and on um for things of that nature and everything but if we had to go on we would never we would never it would just never end but i would definitely like to have you on for season three most definitely like but it's like yeah. You know, like, yeah. I don't know how I'm gonna do season three next year. This 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 is gonna be this gonna be weird and everything. I'm trying to see if I can do a live action, but it's just like I don't I don't know and whatnot. I think what's your episode? Your episode's 84, right? That's you. Yes. Hey, I wanted to wait until I get your episode up before I upload any other episode. I've been like interviewing other people, but I want to hurry up and get your episode up before I <laughs> before I move on to adding all the other episodes on and everything. But it's just like you know, I think everyone's gonna be pretty patient with me in regards to that. But you know, I like to thank you again, Miss Nisha. Do you prefer Miss Nisha or just Nisha? Just Nisha is fine, but I'm used to <laughs> I'm used to either. <laughs> 
And thanks, Nisha, for hopping on. I appreciate it. That's it for the Mental Threats Podcast, episode 84. It took days to record this. <laughs> it is so crazy. So many distractions, so many time management stuff. But hey, we managed to get it done anyway. Yeah, I feel like we did pretty well. We did pretty well. Huh? Yeah. Cross country. <laughs> Um, logistic issues here but we got it done and I'm so happy thank you so much for having me on I really appreciate the opportunity and talking to you it was so much fun oh yeah most definitely no likewise it was was definitely a pleasure for real I feel like I've learned a lot I'm hoping that you learned a little bit too and everything this is your your first uh interview for a podcast ever yes yeah for a podcast like yeah it is my first interview ever so i'm really pumped about this and it's like oh my god yeah let me do it like why not (laughs) yeah it's pretty cool because like maybe a couple years from now we're in a different place and everything you'll look back like wow you know i started on like uh toasty's podcast and that and that something (laughs) yes you know in a few years when i'm on you know zane low or on Apple Music or whatever, <laughs> doing those podcasts, I can be like, that was my first one, and I still cherish it to this day. I know I will. Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. I appreciate you hopping on, and that's it for the Mental Thirst Podcast, episode 84. We sewn in, and now we're sewing out. Okay, that's up.